You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Soupcast, coming to you from Archaeosoup Towers. By popular demand, we're taking selected videos from the Archaeosoup back catalogue and bringing them to you as convenient podcasts. As the name implies, with Archaeosoup you get a bit of everything thrown into the pot. Archaeology, discussion, humour and debate. You can find out more at archaeosoup.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a hearty helping of Archeo Soup. Hello and welcome back to another Archeoscope. Now, this series is kind of like an inverted questions of doom, where rather than you sending me a question by email to try and answer to the best of my ability and put that answer out there using a video for you guys, um, I actually put a question out there by video for you guys to consider yourselves and to ruminate and come back and comment and debate. And together we maybe hopefully come up with some ideas and concepts which on our own we might not have been able to. A sort of a meta response to the question of the day. And as ever, archaeoscope questions are linked with society, but also have a sort of an archaeological slant, a bit of a, a bit of an archaeological lens, as it were, um, covering the, uh, the, the query. Uh, and today's question really goes to the heart, in many ways, of what this is about, this interaction, what I'm doing right now, uh, and that is public archaeology, that is discussing archaeology and archaeologists publicly. Now, for, really, since I started Archaeosoup, there's been a, a bit of a tension um, between uh, what is seen as classical, um, rigorous, uh, academic, perhaps you might say, archaeology, um, and public archaeology. And for a long time, I didn't fully appreciate this tension. Uh, I, I thought that it was uh, it was a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a, 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 a red herring. Really, I didn't think that this tension warranted too much att attention. But but actually, it's it's become increasingly clear over the past couple of years, really, that there are some genuine questions being asked at the moment about what public archaeology is and how it relates to the concept of archaeological authority. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But it, it's, it's an important question. I thought, well, since what I do is public archaeology, why not? publicly discuss this. Why not actually put it out there and see, I suppose, what, what what comes to the fore? Because I have to say, I don't have absolute opinions on any of the points that I'm about to discuss. Um, this is the whole point of Archaeoscope. It's to help, it's to help me, as much as anything else, crystallise my own thoughts. Now, archaeologists, young and old, so-called digital natives even, people who, who have grown up, say, with, with the internet and now with Facebook and social media and this kind of thing, uh, they, when they are academic archaeologists, they sort of sometimes struggle uh, with this tension. They, they, they become slightly scared of the concept of public archaeology and the, the conversations which happen, even papers which have been written incidentally on this topic, uh, seem to reflect um, a, ma a few key questions, a few big question marks. And I suppose there are five key questions that I'd like to bring to your attention today. So the first question is whether or not public archaeology is just too silly for a serious archaeologist or serious academic archaeologist, potentially even for serious diggers. 
but somehow discussing archaeology uh, publicly, um, perhaps even uh, in an accessible way which doesn't use jargon or maybe even peppers it with a bit of humour, you know, a spoonful of humour helps the medicine go down, uh, that this uh, undermines the academic process and this, this may even actually undermine academic careers by trivialising uh, academic archaeology. Uh, and this, this is this is a question which um, I do have some strong opinions about, but also I can see why the fears exist. As archaeosuit, we are unashamedly humorous in some respects when it comes to archaeology. We do pepper a little bit of of, um, of surreal, often surreal humour, sometimes a little bit of sarcasm, into the archaeological discourse because. That's actually, to be honest, how archaeologists think and talk. You know, we have morbid sense of humor, uh, senses of humor, sorry. Uh, we have uh, often a, a very uh, witty approach to the past. And also we apply our thoughts about the past to the present in a way which is often uh, very cutting. So for example, when it comes to say, modern political issues, we'll have an opinion and that opinion will often be very, uh, well, funny <laughs> because of the, the perspective that archaeology le uh, lends us. Uh, so, so in some ways it's very natural to talk about this stuff in a slightly, slightly silly way. But what I would say is that I've never, uh, for example personally, but also no one else who is uh, has, has ever really sacrificed academic rigour for the sake of being amusing. You know, everything we do is well researched, it's based on the latest discussions or topics or evidence. I modify when I can my, my content to reflect the latest research and uh, ultimately What's, what would be the point of Archeosoup if we just were just entertaining? The whole point of what we do is education. So it's a strange one, really. On the flip side, though, the, 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 the perception of public archaeology as potentially being silly could be very damaging. I mean, for example, if you're going for funding as an academic, if, you're, if you want to maybe get a research grant or if you want to, to get your latest paper into a... Into a um, into a journal or, or a, you know, some sort of other forum, and the people judging this think, oh no, this person doesn't take doesn't take their work seriously. This person is it's just it's just mucking about. Uh, if they think that, then that could damage your career. Uh, now that's arguably a problem. Um, another problem that is to say that people further up the tree, as it were, um, aren't uh, are, are, aren't engaging themselves with public archaeology and what it means. But that doesn't take away from the problem. The fact that there is this sort of bottleneck of seriousness versus um, and rigor versus public archaeology, this perceived bottleneck, is is a real uh, tension. And um, <clears throat> again, I'm not quite sure exactly what I think about it, but I thought I'd present it to you. Uh, the second query is uh, the idea that 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 we risk portraying uh, the opinions of academics as equally open to criticism as the public's. Now, this one I think is more to do with academic ego, to be honest, than anything else. Because like it or not, actually, yes, your opinion is equally open to criticism. The 
CRM Archaeology Podcast brings together a panel of cultural resource management professionals to discuss the issues that really matter to the profession. Find out about networking strategies, job hunting, graduate programs, and much more. We'll often feature interviews with college professors, CRM business owners, and experts as well. Check out the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash CRM Arc Podcast. Let's get back to the show. Um, now that said though, <clears throat> and I've said this in the past, an archaeologist's perspective on the past is not equally, um, it's not the, it doesn't have the same uh, validity as just anyone else because actually it's an opinion which is formed and honed and informed by a career worth of research, by a perspective which has been very carefully crafted over the years. So it's not to say, <clears throat> I don't think actually that all opinions about the past are equally valid. Um, because they're not. Some are just more informed than others. It's as simple as that. But I would say that actually uh, all, the, all these different opinions should be equally open to criticism. Is that not at the heart of a healthy academic and intellectual discourse, a sort of a, I don't know, a, a democracy of ideas? Uh, this, is, this, is, this is one which I have less sympathy for, really, because um, if you are so insecure, if one is so insecure about their ideas, that they need to, to keep some people from even seeing them, uh, just in case they're criticised in the incorrect way, then perhaps uh, one needs to revisit one's ideas to make them more robust. But again, I can sympathise with it. Um, taking time to sort of to, to maybe uh, countenance the criticisms of people who just do not understand what you're talking about can be frustrating. But is frustration and is the risk of having a slightly bruised ego really a reason to not engage with public archaeology? Hmm. Point number three is how is the public to know what is real? Uh, there's the potential for confusion where, uh, in a world where anyone can set up a Facebook page. Um, a key example here would be things like, for example, ancient aliens or Bosnian pyramids or other things which are very, very questionable from a, a true archaeological perspective. And by true, again, we come back to that ontological question, how we know what we know. But uh, ultimately, I, I suppose what we're talking about is an accepted um, method scientific methodology of how we establish truth and the fact that, that some people who just do not want to adhere to these to these methodologies can set up a Facebook page and have equal standing possibly on social media and um, people can be equally searchable equally findable via Twitter for example um, and this can be rather scary to an academic archaeologist you can sort of go well but I don't I don't want to bring myself down to that sort of level as it were and um, but I would argue, potentially, the whole point of, of engaging with this sort of stuff is to offer the counterpoint. For example, YouTube, one of the forums where obviously ArcheoSoup works, where this, this video is being streamed, is bloated with nonsensical archaeological discourse, with um, trivial, uh, outdated nonsense from 50 years ago about, say, King Arthur or something, but also more, more, even more dangerously, 
with uh, with real ongoing and brand new continuing to, to be produced content with regards to say ancient aliens with regards to the most dangerous pseudo archaeological ideas that not only undermine archaeology but also actually um, fuel uh, an anti-intellectual um, um, bent uh, when it comes to the past that fuel a fear of, of, of professional archaeologists so in some ways yeah okay how is the public to know what's true well i would say you present your truth as openly and as honestly as possible and as rigorously as possible and in so doing you start to tip the balance in your favor fearing the balance possibly isn't again isn't necessarily a good enough reason not to engage but i can completely see both sides of the argument um the fourth uh query is whether or not actually this would stifle archaeological um, academic growth that if, if one becomes bogged down in social media in answering the same questions over and over for example uh, you know have you found any treasure today for example that's one of the, the questions that archaeologists fear all the time um, is uh, it, it might stifle their research that they may become so sort of oh I've got another update on my phone I need to need to deal with that now that they're not going to be able to have thinking time because obviously academics are busy you know they're teaching they're they're uh, they're engaging with the day-to-day -day running of their department uh, they have other university pressures they have money worries they have family worries and now suddenly they've got social media to deal with oh. um I can I can completely understand that it may well stifle the academic community <clears throat> but I would also say uh, or possibly say that it may well inspire the academic community in doing what I do I have been so inspired to ask new questions of old data um, so inspired to to even for example actually write the beginnings of academic papers I haven't yet published any of them but they are floating around on my on my computer this may well um, be, be in favour of the stifling argument. I haven't had time to finish them. But uh, the point is, though, you can be inspired to ask some very interesting questions. And I mean, a recent one, uh, as I said in a recent video, was um, from primary school uh, class, where they, they were asking questions like, do we know the names of anyone from the Ice Age? And in that instance, I, I, initially I went, oh, no, 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 definitely not. But thinking about those ultra-conserved words, which we touched on previously, um, there is the potential for actually asking new questions, actually interrogating uh, assumptions, academic assumptions about the past in new ways, just by engaging with the public. This can actually inspire new growth and perhaps a little bit like deadheading um, a rosebush, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're strategic about how you uh, open yourself up and how you allow yourself to be deadheaded, you may well actually find yourself growing more vigorously. But again, I can see both sides of the question. And finally, actually, and this is possibly one of the, one of the least valid queries, is the fact that social media offers uh, a data a data set which is not easily definable. There are archaeologists out there. I suspect people of a slightly, slightly more sort of you know data-driven, numbers-driven, processual kind of bent, who um, who consider social media to be a powerful tool, potentially a a, a place where one can get um, opinions and ideas and and uh, even sort of like a meta-analysis of data. But the fact that you can't control who's doing the analysis and how these analyses play out means that actually it's a, it is an unreliable um, data set and then it shouldn't be engaged with. Now this is, as I said, this is one that I have probably the least sympathy for 
because really i mean social media isn't and shouldn't be treated in my opinion potentially shouldn't be treated as a data set there's certainly data which can be gleaned from it you can you know go into the analytics behind say a social media page youtube page facebook page twitter whatever they'll, they'll give you these <coughs> this data on how you're being interacted with what countries which gender so on and so forth but if, if you're doing social media public archaeology if you're engaging with the public simply to get numbers from them potentially you're not doing it for the right reasons and potentially even though numbers are very sexy and very appropriate and very understandable to academic archaeologists and to those for example maybe fund research behind um uh, uh so they say the, who are the funding behind the research sorry um perhaps using numbers in such a conventional way such a conventionally scientific way is missing the point of doing public archaeology in uh, in a public way in uh, in terms of engaging with people as opposed to uh, where those people are from or, or or other metrics as it were people are not easily uh, measured people are not easily metrified that's, i know that's not a word but i like i like the idea of the word uh, and perhaps uh, that's something actually that archaeologists need to just accept and get their heads around. And they, I mean, in that sense, I'm very much a post-processualist. In fact, my uh, my own dissertation was um, was to do with this problem: uh, uh, people not being robots uh, in the past, for example. Um, so I can understand that there are, are archaeologists who find that hard to accept, hard hard to engage with. But perhaps that's not really a good excuse to uh, to not get involved in public archaeology. Now, personally, I could have gone much further in academia. In fact, I may well still return to formal academia. Um, I got an excellent degree as an undergraduate, um, and I love academic discourse. I love the way academics approach the world and how they think and how they discern truth in a messy, messy humanity. <laughs> but uh, I would also say that actually this way of working, that actually Archeosoup has been... Um, than one of the most satisfying experiences of my life and continues to be and actually those those people who, who i work with um in fact myself as well are still engaged with the academic process i'm still going to be presenting um ideas at, at conferences here and there i'm still uh, you know live is for example um digging at the moment uh reese is doing his ma um i'm going to be digging in the summer this stuff isn't incompatible with uh, with academic or or, or um, real archaeology, but I think it is important. And I think if if we sort of uh, create this, if we over um, uh, emphasise this tension between academia and public archaeology, not only do we miss out potentially on the benefits of of engaging with a with a messy and unquantifiable public. But also as well, potentially, um, we, uh, we, we become part of a dying breed. We start to just become navel-gazing and spiralling into um, an ever more isolated pocket of, acad of, of academia. Some of the most influential archaeologists out there at the moment are very open, very public, and it does not affect their research in a negative way. Um, and uh, there are archaeologists who I've interviewed, archaeologists who, who invite, for example, uh, very, very public endeavours onto their sites who are doing very very well um, but again it does take a certain amount of bravery to overlook some of the potential problems with this tension and some of the potential risks of engaging so as I say I, I, obviously I have a 
I have a, a, a lived out agenda. I, I do have a side to this. I am on one side of the fence. But I can fully understand the arguments and the questions. And I do have sympathy for both. And what do you guys think? I really want to know. Um, please do comment below. I suspect this could be a really interesting video um, and a really interesting discussion. And hopefully it'll actually feed into some of the research and some of the, the thinking which is going on at the moment about how archaeologists engage with the public. Um, I would love to be able to present some of this stuff uh, in some way, ironically enough, in an academic way, uh, in the future to sort of see well, what do you think? What do you guys think? Public uh, archaeologists, if anyone who watches this video, what should archaeologists do and think? And what should we, do, we be doing next? What more should we be doing in terms of how we do archaeology? How we do public archaeology? How we do archaeology publicly? Perhaps there aren't two different strands here. Perhaps it's just about one strand opening up. Who knows? Anyway, as ever, until next time, do take care. Bye-bye. This podcast episode has been produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network in collaboration with Archaeosoup Productions. Find out more podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.